Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to Trundle Bed Tales. This is our 49th episode. Uh, that isn't a special travel episode or a report, roving report or something like that, or one of the travel ones. So it's our 49th regular episode, and it is our fourth episode. I recounted after I put the description up, so I'm going to have to go in and fix that. But this is the fourth one of these year-end roundup episodes that I have done. This was when uh, the theme of my very first episode of Trundle Bed Tales, which uh, was December 19th, 2010. That was the first one. And I really want to thank everybody who has been a part of the show who uh, has helped me spread the word that has listened to episodes, it's been a guest that's called in, because it really has ended up being a lot more successful than I thought it might be when I was starting out, uh, and we seem to have developed quite a following. So I want to thank everybody uh, for all their kind thoughts and efforts, and um, if you're feeling that you don't deserve the thanks, well, this would be an excellent time to deserve it by helping spread the word and following us on Blog Talk Radio, liking us on the Trundle Bed Tales Facebook page, putting us in a circle on uh, Google+, Plus, uh, following Trundle Bed Tales on Twitter. We're all over social media, so help us get the word out because I think everybody can agree that more uh, Laura fandom is about. Before we get going, I do want to take a minute to do a little housekeeping. And remind everybody that, as always, the chat room is open, so if you want to chat or ask questions that way, you can. If you want to stream it live, you certainly can do that. And if you want to listen by phone, you can call in to 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free, 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. And um, I think that's about all that we have for housekeeping today, I, I can mention that um, we're going to be doing a looking ahead episode in January, and it's actually, I think, going to be a lot more exciting than this one because 2012 um, was a relatively, or I'm sorry, 2013 was a relatively quiet Laura fandom year, but it sounds like 2014 is going to hit the ground running and just be one Laura event after another, which is a great thing. And make sure that you do your part to uh, help spread the word about those events, and we'll be going over what they are in the next episode. 
the um, special interview that I was hoping we'd get lined up for December uh, just didn't work out. I'm going to try again in January, and I also have a couple other interview leads that uh, are, well, people who have agreed to speak, but we don't have a date set up that I'm looking forward to visiting with. And um, it, it's just, I think we're going to have some exciting episodes on this show in 2014, too. So stay tuned, and you can learn more. Okay, so looking back through the year, there has been a lot of things going on, and I think we'll just um, basically go through the list as uh, in the order of places Laura lived, and then there's a couple extra places on the bottom to talk about, too. And that makes us begin with Pepin, Wisconsin, which is the home of Little House in the Big Woods, the Little House Wayside, the Little House Museum, and lots of other connected things. And the big news there was that after many years of feet dragging, they have put out a new addition for the museum. Now, I really remember when uh, the What's the Museum Now was the Wagon Wheel Antique Shop, and they just sort of had a little corner there. So now they have completely filled the space that was once the Wagon Wheel Antique Shop. They have completely filled the space next door that used to be a garage and uh, was remodeled into uh, what they called the annex. And now they have built a new room that completely fills the space between those two buildings. With this new setup, uh, there won't be two separate doors anymore. People will come in through one central location uh, to a, a desk right at the beginning so they know where everything are, is. They can be guided left or right as they needed to be. Apparently, what they have in mind, um, there was a former director of uh, the museum who had when she died, left them a storage locker full of antiques, and they also have uh, gotten a collection of antique clothing, and they're planning on putting those things in that space. Um, it doesn't sound yet that they've gotten on track with trying to do something a little more narrative, which I would hope that they would in future, but there should be new things to see in Pepin, and they're planning on opening that uh, in June of 2014. But the bathrooms were opened for Laura Days in September, which you would think, uh, if you haven't been there, you wouldn't understand what a big deal there is. There are very few places in Pepin that have the, the public bathroom. In fact, they built a public bathroom building in the park just basically so there would be some place in town that wasn't a restaurant where, where uh, people could use the facilities if they had to. So to, for the answer at the museum, when somebody asks for people to use the facilities, some of these small towns, you don't always appreciate what a wonder having public access bathrooms are. 
So we certainly are glad that Pepin has made that leap and it will definitely be uh, an improvement on the previous setup and we wish them all the best. Independence uh, has had a couple hard years weather-wise, um, but I think they've mostly recovered from that now and they have been doing a lot with uh, living history. And they also did a special uh, fundraiser this winter, which I believe is still going on, where you can make a donation and they have some special items, uh, some Christmas ornaments, some mugs, various things that you can get as uh, a sort of premium for donating. Oh, and since I'm mentioning donation, I should also mention part of the Pepin uh, expansion is they're going to have an area with pavers and you can donate and get your money or donate your money and get your name on one of these pavers in a little area in front of the new museum. So lots of fundraising going on in 2013. Uh, Walnut Grove uh, announced that they are having a reunion of the cast in 2014 in honor of their 40th anniversary. And we'll talk about more of that in our look ahead one, but um, they have sort of been, I think, working on building that up uh, and getting ready for that. So they there wasn't a lot going on new there this year, although they did have a new design of a sweatshirt and t-shirt for a couple things coming out. So if you want to make sure you've got the latest shirt uh, for any Laura event you attend this summer, then be sure to check that out for Walnut Grove. Uh, the Smet, and this is something that's a little odd, and I haven't gotten really a chance to talk to anybody to find out exactly why they decided to do this. But previously, they had moved the dates of the pageants so that the Smet and Walnut Grove's pageants each fell first weekend, or first three weekends in July, so that people could go and attend one pageant one night and one pageant the other night, which I think was a great idea. If you're going to make the trip and you're not from right around the area, it really is worth it to go the little farther and go to the other town. I mean, really, if you attend one, if you visit one or the other, unless you are totally have zero flex time, it's just silly to get all the way to one town and not go on to the next um, because you've traveled so far already to get to the first town, and they really are fairly close together. They both have pageants that are both a very different experience. And I, I just always thought that was a great idea. And I was so glad that they had changed that. Something has happened uh, now, though, since the dates that uh, for this, for 2013, they were offset a weekend. So uh, there was the two week weekends in the middle were both uh, both pageants. But the first weekend of the month was only one of the pageants, and the last weekend of the month was just pageants. And I don't know if that was just because Fourth of July happened to fall on kind of an odd this year in for the pageants, 
or if there was if that was a deliberate permanent move um and it, I really need to follow up and see what I can find out about that because it's kind of too bad i if if you are planning a trip uh check the dates and try if you possibly can go to when there are both having the pageant uh it's it's just so worth it to do both for oak Oh, I forgot for DeSmet. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to mention for DeSmet was uh, they were featured, the DeSmet pageant was featured in a news story that um, came out in spring 2013 that was shot in 2012 um, about the pageant. So there was a special uh, episode they have a sort of news magazine on South Dakota Public Television called Dakota Life. And this was a special feature on that where they um, they shot footage. They interviewed me. <laughs> so it's well worth looking for. If you haven't seen it yet, and you can search for uh, Dakota Life on the Trendle Bed Tales blog and a posting about it with a direct link will show up. Or if you do a search of Dakota Life on uh, Google, it should bring up their page directly and then you'll just have to scroll through and you're looking for an episode from the spring that talked about the Desmet pageant. Okay, now on to Baroque. Uh, Baroque has actually probably had about the most happen to it as of any of the home sites this year. Uh, Barb, who is a longtime employee, stepped up as, direct, as the new director late last fall. And um, having visited the museum in October, they really, I think, have made some positive changes about the way some things are displayed. Um, they've moved some things into an area that's a little harder to get to in case people um, well, people unfortunately have a tendency to touch things they shouldn't touch. And now they've set up things so that is less likely to happen. They also uh, have uh, moved out uh, the dolls that were made by a former board member of the site in a, as part of a doll making class. They were near life size figures. And they sat in the um, parlor of the hotel for quite a number of years. Uh, it's one of the postcards you can get at the ho uh, from Baroque, and it's also since the, um, they haven't updated the website since they removed them. The it's also the sort of cover image on their website that you can go and look at it if you if you are unfamiliar with what these dolls look like. Uh, they have been returned to the family of, of the former board member, and so they will no longer be in the parlor. They uh, faced a weather challenge during the the Laura days, and honestly, I I really really vote not that anybody's asking me, but if anybody did, I would really really vote for them to change the weekend of their event again because I like to go to it. It's it's about 
four-hour drive or so for me, roughly, depending on how many times I stop, which I tend to stop more than I should. But I like to go up for the Lord days. And I don't get to do it every year, but there have been, since they moved the, the date, more often than not, where I've been kind of hesitant about it because of the weather, and there has been a bad storm one day or the other. And this year was no exception. There was a flood in the park part of the Laura Ingalls Wilder Park or Museum or Park and Museum. And I still don't quite understand where it came from because there's sort of a highway bridge on both ends of their property. And that's uh so where it came from, I'm not quite sure. I mean, the floodwaters would have had to have been pretty high indeed to get something over those two highway bridges. But there was a piece of a bridge that wasn't theirs um, that landed in their sort of park backyard. Um, their bridge was damaged. And fortunately, no water actually got in the museum. But... There was enough water coming in the basement of the visitor's center, the former bank in town, that the sump pump couldn't keep up with it, and their furnace air conditioning unit was zapped. They were afraid they were going to have to replace it. Initial reports were they were going to have to replace it, but they were able, thanks to one of the, the board members, to get it just repaired, and it seems to be functioning fine, so that worked out well. And they're still recovering from that a little, but it could have been a lot worse. Nothing really important got wet. So, um, but that was a challenge that they had to, to face sort of right at the height of their season to find out what that was going to do. They also have started a new program where they do Laura Ingalls Wilder themed birthday parties. And they're a little bit problematic because it is a bit of a drive for pretty much any size population center to come there for the to come there for uh, a birthday party because anymore with the traffic resolution if this was back when I was a kid we would have you know dumped 10 kids in the station wagon and been fine or we could have I think we used to get you know, eight kids or so in a caprice, you know, when we were littler. Now, with the seat belts and everything that you have to do, you know, it's really kind of a challenge to get many kids any kind of distance. I mean, you just have to have such a lower ratio of kids per car. Um, but I, I hope it works out, and I think they may need to kind of make them a little bit more family birthday parties. And I actually got go to one that was sort of that way, that was a couple of kids and mostly the adults in the family went up for uh, a, one of their first themed, Laura-themed birthday parties for my niece, and we just had a great time. So this is something you should really strongly consider if you have kids, is asking for a birthday party. Even if it isn't really the kid's birthday, if they're coming, <laughs> because it was really nice. They had 
uh, I did an episode talking about it a little bit more in detail, so I don't want to drill on it too much now, but it was just a great event. It was a great experience. It was a totally different way to see the museum. Um, my niece and nephew are still talking about it all the time. In fact, um, I had just gone to my nephew's class in December, and he uh, I, he was supposed to introduce me, and I was kind of prompting him, did we go and see Laura's house in Baroque? And he said, it's a hotel. <laughs> so he clearly remembered the experience, and they do are really both still talking about it. So if you get a chance to do that, definitely do. Take advantage of that. Um, I think they're, as far as I know, they are the first Laura thing, and I think it's a great deal, and I hope that you will get to do that. Uh, Spring Valley has had uh, a few other repairs they had to deal with as well uh, and are having to get a new credit card machine for the start of next season. Their regular events uh, have all gone on like they normally do and they also uh, have a Almanza Wilder bike ride which is a long-distance bike ride on gravel, uh, basically. And it's supposed to be a very rigorous ride. So if you are interested in the challenge, check into that. And part of it, the museum is open uh, extra on that weekend normally. And so I think that was a, a big thing for them this year. It was they actually attempted to move one of the candidates to the site, but they are both being used uh, as private residences now. And they just couldn't get title to it. And it really is expensive to move a building. It is more expensive than you would think. And it seems to be you know, up, so it costs more every year. So what they decided instead was to open or to build a replica museum. And it's really nice that they uh, are adding that because they really have um, three of the four, the hands-on version in Walnut Grove and a um, display area in the basement of the Spring Valley Museum is the general store that they talk about a lot. But uh, they have the house, the barn, and now they have the one-room school. They had a big successful opening for it. Um, they had uh, Dean Butler and Lucy Lee Philpin, uh, who played Omanzo and Eliza Jane Wilder on a television show, come out for the opening. And Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend, so that's about all I can tell you about it. I'm not sure if they're completely done with the inside as far as kitting it out or not. It didn't sound like it the last I got a chance to talk to anybody from there, but um, I can't promise 100% that they haven't um, gotten it ready to go. But that's been a long-term project, and in a sitting down kind of orderly way as opposed to just having a bunch of people kind of jumped up 
at some place, especially because it's indoors because a lot of school tours happen when the weather isn't uh, uh, is getting a little cooler and there's possibility for rain and that kind of thing. So I think this is just going to be a great addition for the Malone Burke site. They always like to remind people that um, it's actually in Burke, New York, which is the next little town to Malone. Uh, which brings us to Mansfield. And after an incredibly disappointing year last year for Wilder Days, where it just poured down rain for both days of the event, this year they had excellent weather. They had, uh, as far as I've heard, good numbers for the Wilder's Day event. Uh, they had been at Dean Anderson and, or, I'm sorry, they had uh, Bill Anderson and Dean Butler uh, both their signing things. Um, Connie Newman, who is a fellow member of the Loring of Wilder Legacy and Research Association board, presented a check from uh, the organization uh, to the Mansfield um, Museum to help with their new project. They are, have been trying to get together a visitor center slash archives building and we're supposed to be building it this year. That didn't happen. Um, so they have been working really hard on getting enough funding in place that they can get that building up. It really is important as far as getting the archival materials in a setting that they uh, have the maximum chance to be preserved. And hopefully, once they're in there and more organized, they'll be able to let researchers come in on a more regular basis to look over the materials they had. So we all can get behind that cause. And they are continuing their capital campaign, not just for that, but for an extended building plan, which you can also find if you go to the Trendleped Tales blog and search for Ozark Watch. And uh, there will be one entire half-hour episode devoted to interviewing people from Mansfield about what the plan's going to be, and they get a nice swooping of what the architectural drawing is going to be. It's a really great use plan. This is just the first step, and I certainly hope they get enough money to uh, proceed with it and start construction in the coming year. Uh, Vinton. Uh, got got permission to put on a new roof. They just had a temporary roof after it had been destroyed in the windstorm. They're currently in the process of replacing that roof, and that construction is going to last until July of next year. That being the case and having more limited access, they have cut back what they were planning to do this year was having a membership mem meeting in September and having a, a Mary Ingalls pageant in August. Neither of those things happened, but they are on, uh, again, they're planning to roll them both out in 2014. So if you have not yet joined the Mary Ingalls Society, I strongly urge you to do so. And at the very least, like their Facebook page, which I just took over managing for them. So you know there's going to be a lot of cool stuff on there. 
The other place uh, that is not a LoRa home site that I really wanted to make sure that I mentioned, uh, there have been a couple of locations around the country that have had, even though they had no real LoRa connection, have had an ongoing um, Laura Ingalls Wilder event. And Heritage Hill in uh, Wisconsin and Old World Wisconsin, two of those. And Old World Wisconsin, after having kind of pulled back a little bit with the event, I've been to it once. They had it on a Thursday and had over 2,000 people through the gate. But as time went on and kind of interest changed, they had moved it to a weekend. Uh, they had put it with their Power Engine show. And it really had become sort of a smaller event. But they really have doubled down. This year they had an entire month of events in July. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there for any of them. But they're planning on doing that again in 2014 uh, to really focus on more. They have some more really interesting uh, ideas of how they might be able to do more LoRa programming even beyond this month, more um, hands-on, more in-depth, more uh, family and uh, adult programs. So it really, I just can't wait to see what Old World Wisconsin comes up with next. And that's about it, considering that I really do think it was kind of a more quiet year for LoRa fandom. Than usual. Oh, and I should also mention Pioneer Girl, uh, which as publication was supposed to be this year, was delayed again to 2014. So now they're looking at summer 2014, which I find to be especially ironic because that's 30 years after we were first guaranteed publication in 1984. And so maybe they'll finally make it this time, though I have kind of adopted the philosophy that it's not going to come out until I die. So uh, it just seems like there's always some delay. But I am whole really hoping that I'm going to be proven wrong. It's going to come out in 2014, no hitches, and we're looking forward to seeing what they had come up with. So as I said... All in all, a fairly quiet year uh, in 2013 for Laura fandom. 2014 is looking very exciting. There's going to be special, unusual events at uh, a number of the home sites. There's going to be changes afoot at a couple of them. And it's just going to be kind of interesting to see everything that happens. And I hope that you will, no matter what happens, be sure to tune in to catch further episodes of Trundle Bed Tales. Thank you for joining me. Have a great new year. And I look forward to spending time with you in 
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.